Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast is being built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. If you're a runner, cyclist, triathlete, or some form of endurance athlete, and you're noticing you're gaining weight, even though you're putting the Ks on the road, you're on the bike, you're out there running, and you're starting to put weight on, I want to walk you through three top considerations that you really need to take into account. And if you're over 40, and you're really starting to see that your body's no longer on your side, these are becoming even more important. So the three key aspects that I want to take you through today are really learned through working with thousands of clients. And... After seeing a lot of these patterns emerge, it really allowed me to dive deeper into what was really going on. And alongside working through an understanding of gut health, through understanding this level of inflammation in the body that's really impacting how things work, this became really apparent in this endurance space because there are some really, really hard workers in the room that are noticing that they're not able to drop body fat even though they're working really hard or they're even gaining weight even though they're watching the food, they're putting the Ks and they're doing the training and they're not able to see those shifts. So I want to really walk you through these to make sure that you're running the right way. You're clearly getting some work done. You're clearly exercising and motivated to push the body, but there's some shifts that make you feel like it's no longer working and it's time to throw in the towel. I want to tell you that's not the case. I'm a big fan of endurance sports, but making sure that we can tweak or adjust them to really fit this new biology. And what do I mean by that? If you're in your mid-40s and 50s, you've gone through some hormonal shifts. On the female side, it may be going through perimenopause and menopause there. On the male side, you're really just noticing there's an apparent drop in testosterone, which really starts from about 35, but most men start to feel that around 45 to 50. So the first one I want to really go through is an awareness that as we age, there needs to be more and more of a consideration to one very vital health organ. And it's not what you expect. It's muscle mass. It's one of these key areas that most people, certainly from an endurance background, don't prioritize because, you know, it makes sense, right? If you're on the bike, you're running, it's bulky, it's heavy, it's excess weight. But one of the things that as we age, we need to really maintain is if you're going to run, if you're going to cycle, if you're going to do these sports long term, you've got to look after those joints. You've got to access those ranges in a way that those muscles are supple and mobile rather than feeling like you're just jamming on joints and, and the, the bones or muscles are starting to really thin out. And, you know, there are plenty of people out there. I was one of them where my entire focus for a decade was putting on as much muscle as possible. And that was a full time effort just to feel like bulky or big, big, which you know, very unhelpful to an endurance sport. <laughs> but in that space, the reason I bring that up is it takes a lot of effort to put a lot of muscle on. So if there's a concern to putting too much muscle on, it's really unfounded. If you're training, cycling, running regularly, then the goal of weight training here is to maximize your ability to contract muscles and to access the extremes of their range. I'm going to focus more on running and cycling here. I know this would apply to other sports, but it allows me to localize towards now, what's happening in those sports because they're more common. So if you're running or cycling regularly, there's a very short range that your hips go through, right? When you're running, it's very much 20 degrees of your hips. When you're uh, cycling, again, it's the same movement over and over again. 
through a very short range of motion. So being able to get your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, and of course your upper body through more of a full range of motion so that you can contract those muscles, make sure that there is a strength in the extremes will drastically reduce your risk of injury uh, when doing the sport and also increase the performance from a power standpoint. But where I'm going to actually go here is I'm going to focus more of this from a body composition lens. If you're noticing that you're putting body fat on, where is muscle very helpful? So the first one I want to address here is when we have more muscle, we have more opportunity to be more metabolically flexible, which is just a fancy way of saying being able to use both carbohydrates and fats as fuel. And most people, certainly through the observations we've seen, is 90% of the clients we work with that come into our world are metabolically inflexible, meaning that they only use carbohydrates as fuel, not particularly fats particularly well. Now, our goal here is not to go you go full ketogenic. The goal is to make sure that there is fats being able to be used as fuel when needed. And if you have low muscle mass and therefore low flexibility, or at least the correlation with low metabolic flexibility, Typically, you'll notice that you use carbohydrates even at low levels of intensity exercise, sort of your zone one or even zone two, and that becomes a problem because when you're exercising, you ultimately start to feel like you get more and more hungry, but you're not actually dropping body fat, and I think that's something I hear a lot from clients is that they're getting a bunch of exercise in, they're they're doing a lot of uh, circuit classes, they're getting a lot of running in, and they get really hungry after the exercise, but they're actually not dropping body fat, and this can be a really nice sign or at least a very obvious sign of a lack of or an inability to use fats as fuel. And certainly when you know going for a walk, when you're in that zone one or even zone two, we want to still be able to use fats as our primary energy source. And that gives us more of an opportunity. Certainly there's dietary fats that our body will burn as well. But eventually, you know, 20, 30 minutes into that exercise, being able to access fats as fuel and in a lot of ways our own body fat stores to make that a more effective fat loss exercise. So looking at that as by building a bit more muscle, by improving that metabolic flexibility, we're now being able to utilize different energy sources at different levels of intensity during exercise has a significant impact on your efficiency or effectiveness of that workout for not just your sport, but also for dropping body fat. And if you've seen that shift and you're starting to put body fat on, then that should be your first reason to lean into muscle mass. The second one I want to look at is you know, I started off in a triathlon space and one of the cultures I saw very quickly was, cool, I've done the race. The next couple of hours is free calories, right? I can eat as much as I like. I've just done this big race. And I think as we age, or certainly as we've done more of these sports over time, we start to overemphasize or estimate how much we actually need. And ultimately, part of that comes back down to if we're not looking after muscle mass and we're starting to see that decline over time, that's a significant reduction in how much glycogen we actually need. Uh, A lot of that glycogen should be shuttled in towards muscle, certainly when we're exercising. And if we've got less muscle, simply we've got less places to store that carbohydrate. So unless there's a focus on muscle mass, unless there's an ability to have enough muscle mass to utilize that carbohydrates, there's probably not a lot of excess that you need to have. Now, this really depends on the length and intensity of the type of exercise you're doing, but I'm going to generalize it based on, you know, under an hour to an hour and a half, I'd be very much focused on replenishing your uh, electrolytes and not really going too much over on additional glycogen. Whereas if you are getting into events of two, three, four hours plus, and it is an event where you're more prioritizing performance, then I would definitely be looking at intra-workout carbohydrates and keeping 
keeping that performance high. But again, this is a case of addressing your current fitness level, whether overall performance of the, of the sport or of your fat loss is the main priority. And then also your current body fat levels, because if you're in the 25, 30% body fat, your body's not going to utilize uh, that carbohydrate as well as if you were under 15% body fat male, usually around 20 to 22% on the female side. So bringing aware awareness to your overall uh, glycogen amounts, is that being helpful to your overall goal? Again, whether it's performance or body composition as your primary goal, it really comes back down to the nuance of that. And then lastly, are we maybe overemphasizing what that looks like? We maybe need to build a bit more muscle in order to utilize the glycogen we have or simply reduce the glycogen uh, or the carbohydrate used within workouts or certainly post-workout until we build that muscle mass up, okay? And then the third one I want to dive into, which is less about the muscle mass directly, but more about the length of exercise we're doing. Because I think many of us, certainly if we have a more all-or-nothing attitude to exercise, uh, I'll put my hand up there, <laughs> is that we tend to feel, well, you know, this worked, so I'm going to do more of it, right? And the problem is, if you start off running, right, and you start seeing some benefits from fat loss, you start to see the body responding, that's amazing, right? You're starting to get this new stimulus to your body. But over time, you'll notice that your body gets better and better at running, which means it gets more efficient at contracting muscles, which actually means that it's getting better at doing less work per muscle to do the exercise. So over time, you absolutely get better at running. You can get faster, you can go longer, all of those things, but you'll notice that you, you actually find it harder to drop more body fat, right? If I flip this on its head and look at the same sequence of events from a weight training standpoint, is when you start off, you feel a bit awkward. You're trying to find these new muscles. It takes some time. You have to really build that skill set of contracting muscle. But then over time, as you get more effective at contracting muscles, you actually ironically get less efficient with muscles because you're contracting and isolating an individual muscle rather than collection of muscles. And that is very much a skill to build, right? I'm able to isolate my lat by itself rather than just use all the muscles in my back and it kind of use its strengths. Now, I want to be really clear, by isolating and contracting muscles and technically being inefficient in a gym environment, that does not make you less efficient on the bike or running. It allows you to access and highlight the weaknesses in your structure to build this up over time. So for example, if you're a runner and you're noticing that predominantly you're very quad dominant, being able to spend the time in the gym to build up those glutes, build up your hamstrings, means that your joints will start to feel a lot better. You'll likely find that your hip flexors aren't as tight and those muscles are really starting to work together in conjunction with each other to actually be more effective and faster and, and be able to run longer with joints that are actually happy with you. So not only does it become more effective per minute or you know 30 minutes of time it also allows us to get more out of the cardio so as i mentioned before at the start i'm not against uh, endurance training at all what i'm against is you applying the same strategies that worked when you're 20 and i've did the same thing as you know back then when you're 18 20 it was a volume game. If you were rowing or running or, or cycling, it was just a case of getting as many Ks on the road or in the water as you could. When you start getting a little older, when you're in your mid-40s, 50s, it's optimizing towards how can I maximize my power, my strength, and my mobility. If I get those three right, when I add in the fitness, I'll get so much more out of my body. And this became an observation that I've debunked over time, but from a uh, triathlon space and uh, when I started I was like man as I get older I must get better in endurance because I noticed that the older guys continued to move into the longer races 
And what I know now is that you don't get better at endurance, you get worse at sprint. So by focusing on building that power, that speed, that strength, you'll not only be able to run the distance you want to run or cycle or whatever else, you're able to keep the power, you're able to keep the speed, you're able to stick with your old running times, your old cycling times, because the power and, and, and speed is not uh, reduced through that lack of muscle mass focus. So I'll give you an example to really hit this home. I was working with a client recently who was working towards uh, a three-day event uh, that was uh, sort of in the 100K plus per day cycling. And his old strategy was, well, I need to get you know 400Ks a week in. I need to look at three or four rides to really just get as much volume as possible. And he was noticing that he was putting on more body fat, he was getting slower, and he was getting less and less motivated to get ready for this race. What we did instead is we simply looked at two rides during the week that were typically under an hour or certainly not over an hour and a half. And then we did one big ride in the weekend to hit that volume, right? So if it was a three days of 100Ks, we would look at at least getting that 100 to 150 as one weekend ride, okay? During the week, we focused more on one was more of an interval workout and one was more either hills, even heat training. And that can be a really nice side tangent, but an awareness of provided you have um, your electrolyte balance under control, uh, either heat training, hill training, uh, power training, or those intervals could be a fantastic way to really train the speed, absolutely still training the fitness, but not taking three or four hours of your day. We did that alongside two simple 30-minute full-body weight sessions that allowed us to contract the muscles in his back, his glutes, his hamstrings, his quads, and we started to see a massive improvement in his performance, his speed, his strength, and his overall fitness for those rides. So it's not that you're doing more work. It's that you're in a lot of ways, you're just doing the right work for your new biology. So hopefully today's training allowed me to highlight a couple of areas that show where we could improve our endurance training. There's an awareness towards this muscle mass as being a focus of getting more out of your body in the sports you enjoy doing. And fundamentally, that's what we're really trying to achieve. It's not getting everyone to be gym bunnies. It's trying to make sure you can keep your body doing the stuff you want to do for as long as possible. And the best way we've seen to be able to do that is by maximizing the integrity of our joints, the muscles around it, and therefore our ability to show up uh, the way we want. So I hope that was a helpful training. Uh, if you want access to a, a starting place for this weight training. You want to learn how to contract muscles. You want to learn how this complements your exercise. And most importantly, you want to make sure that you're getting the results out of the workouts you're doing rather than just slogging yourself on the bike or on the on the track. You're bringing awareness to, I'm contracting muscles, my body shape's changing, and I'm looking how I want to look. If you want access to a resource to look at that, I'm going to add a link below for our workout reset. That's going to walk you through a six-week progression that brings an awareness to contracting some of those key muscles in your body and really being able to make the most of your time alongside any other exercise that you choose to do. And fundamentally, I hope that today's training allowed you to shine a bit more light on how muscle mass, not only for longevity, but also for your performance in the sports you want to do, really is going to be a key step in you enjoying it, getting the most out of it. I hope that was helpful, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion, and thanks for tuning in.